0: You're listening to The Hammer, Canada's podcast for home renovation and custom home building contractors. The Hammer is a presentation of Canadian Contractor Magazine. Now, here's your host, Sukanya Ray Ghosh.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Sukanya Ray Ghosh, Associate Editor of Canadian Contractor. Today, I spoke to Natasha Fritz, owner of Natural Carpentry. As a woman in the construction industry, She has faced her share of challenges. In this episode, she shares stories of her journey and the hurdles she has overcome to reach the position she is in today. We talk about the issues faced by women in the industry and what can be done to resolve them. Natasha shares her advice on how to encourage more women to think of the construction industry as a career option. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Here is Natasha Fritz. Uh, So we have Natasha Fritz from National Carpentry with us here. um, And thank you, Natasha, for joining us at the Hammer. Um, How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing very well. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Uh, So, I mean, I want to begin with, you know, your beginning in the industry. Where did, uh, you know, things start for you? How did you uh, come into this?
2: uh yeah so uh I guess I was kind of first introduced to carpentry when I was a little kid my grandpa had a shop and so I would hang out with him
0: like at his
2: shop on my grandparents property yeah and then uh when I was in high school I took shop classes yeah and then when I was applying to go to college and university I applied to uh two trade schools I think yeah And then when I went to some of the open houses, uh, I went to one of the trade schools at Algonquin College and it just felt like a really good fit for me personally. It seemed very interesting and like something I wanted to do. And that was how I decided.
1: (laughs) So how long have you been a part of this uh, industry so far?
2: I've been working in the field for 15 years.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you have uh, lots of experiences uh, in in 15 years that you have been here. You have gathered lots of stories, um, I mean, that you can share. So any special incidents, anything that stands out, like in terms of, uh, let's say, uh, challenges of being a woman in this industry?
2: I definitely found it difficult when I was first starting to yeah. try to find a job. Yeah. Um, like, I, th- it took me much longer to find a job than it did um, most of the male classmates right. that I had graduated with. Right. A lot of them even had jobs before graduating. Okay. And so that was... Probably at the beginning, the biggest step was just getting someone that would hire me.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I found that that became easier when I had more experience.
0: Yeah.
2: People were definitely like more willing to, I guess, give me a try. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, kind of the standard things that I feel like a lot of women face in workplaces... yeah. like not being listened to, or, uh, you know, if you do call something out at work, you're not always supported Yeah, in, in that situation. Like, you know, someone might be like, oh, well, you're overreacting or was it really that bad or you're being dramatic. Right. So things like that. Right. Um, I mean, on the more extreme side, uh, yeah. I've had guys that won't even like speak to me or acknowledge like my existence, especially yeah. if I'm in a position where I am telling them what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I once had one guy that would not speak to me at all. Like he kept talking to the guy that I was working with Yeah, he worked for me. And, uh, <laughs> the guy I was working with was just like, you need to stop talking to me. Like, I cannot help you You have to talk to Natasha about this.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And the the guy was just like, no, no. Yeah. So very, very strange.
1: (laughs) So like, how do you, you know, overcome these uh, issues? Like, uh, what is your go-to reaction generally when people do this to you, knowing that you are capable, but they are judging you not on the basis of your capability, but your gender, I mean, how do you deal with it?
2: Um, I don't know if I have, like, a go-to reaction. It's mm-hmm. very, like, situational. Yes. Okay. Um, sometimes the reaction is, like, out of anger or frustration, which is obviously not, like, the best way to react to something.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but definitely, like, I have been known to you know, like, chirp back at people if they give me a hard time, not always in the most appropriate way. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you can try to calmly call out the situation and ask them, like, did you intend to do that just now? Like, are you intentionally being rude or, like, yeah. misogynistic? Yeah. It, it, it really depends on the situation, um, and it depends on the people that I am with. Or if I'm by myself. Right. Like I've been in situations where I'm by myself and I just try to stay calm. Yeah. And, and not really say too much in response, just out of like fear yeah. for my own personal well being.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean uh, the other thing that I've heard sometimes is like you know uh, reacting to these kind of situations even if you I mean even if you're legitimately angry and you're allowed to react angrily but then people come back and say that women are emotional and you know that's how they're dramatic and like you were saying like you know how you have been told that you shouldn't have reacted in a certain way or something like that so what do you think about you know that kind of a sentiment or mentality.
2: I think that that is kind of a funny sentiment because, (laughs) uh, you know, women have to walk this fine line between, is this an acceptable reaction or am I going to be perceived as being hysterical or (laughs) overly dramatic or whatever?
0: Um,
2: And it's, it's funny to me, especially Especially in construct in construction, which is right. a very like heavily like toxically masculine environment.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I always think it's funny how if if I react in a super overtly angry way.
0: Yeah,
2: it's for sure unacceptable. But if a guy does it, it's yeah. totally fine yeah. because men are basically allowed to express only different forms of anger as far as emotions go like they can express anger rage frustration all those things yeah but they can't express any other emotions they can only express anger and rage and frustration (laughs) and things like that and then women are allowed to express everything but anger and rage and frustration Right.
1: right Right. So it's, it's in a way challenging for uh, both uh, genders in that way. Like, you know, you, a guy can get emotional, a woman can get angry. It's, it's a weird thing to associate with genders, I guess.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's a lose lose situation, really, yeah. because, you know, everybody needs to be able to to a certain point yeah. express whatever emotions they're feeling. Yeah. Regardless of what they are.
0: Right.
1: Right. And now, now I'm interested in also knowing about your journey overall in these 15 years. What has it been like? Like, uh, I know that obviously the, the bad parts cannot be the only parts of your journey. So what has it, the overall journey been like in this industry?
2: Um, I mean, I really enjoy doing the work. I right. find I find the work it's it's fascinating, it's yeah. challenging,
0: yeah.
2: it's rewarding, it's all of those things. Um yeah. I've worked in a bunch of different sectors within the industry, so I've done residential reno's.
0: Yeah.
2: I've done like new commercial construction. Right. I even did like set carpentry and set building for a while. Yeah.
0: Um
2: I've personally really like doing residential yeah. like residential custom I think it's really really nice work yeah. um and yeah I mean they're it's funny how when you look back on you know when you first started you kind yeah. of perceive things as yeah. different than they were
0: yeah.
2: yeah uh you know even like you you look back on situations. And as much as maybe it was like a negative experience, it overall had like a positive impact on, on your life or your trajectory or whatever it might be. So even, even some of the negative experiences can have a positive impact and they can also be, you know, like you can have a, a good, bad experience, right? Uh, I can think of an example of that. So I remember uh, working on a project and it was large crews and they were dividing everybody up into smaller groups. Yeah. And I was put in charge of one of the smaller groups. And so I was in charge of, I don't know, not very many people, maybe five people tops. And we were essentially supposed to execute a task in a certain amount of time.
0: Yeah.
2: And I remember Uh, I had the drawings and I was kind of talking to the group of all men. Yeah. uh, Most of whom were also older than me at that time in my life. I think I was in my mid twenties when this occurred.
0: Yeah.
2: And I remember the, the oldest man in the group who's probably like in his sixties or something. Yeah. He he took the drawings and like ripped them out of my hands. Oh my God. And I was kind of just like, okay, like, whatever. I'm just going to start going over the layout. Like, I don't really need yeah. to work with the drawings anyway. Yeah. And then the supervisor yeah. came over to me Yeah. and he said, he took the drawings from the guy and he gave them back to me and he kind of pulled me aside and he said, yeah. if anybody ever does that to you again, yeah, you tell them off. <laughs> I've got your back. That's unacceptable.
0: Right, right. right
2: and that was like I said one of those good bad experiences because this guy like did this thing to me that was insanely rude yeah but then the supervisor came over like the lead carpenter was like you know you you cannot like I trust in your ability to do this that's why you're in charge of doing it yeah so you need to Tell this guy that that's not acceptable, and like, if he has a problem, he can come talk to me about it. Because yeah. ultimately, like, I'm the boss here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and that's that's an important thing, I guess, for women uh, in such a male dominated industry to be able to get that support. And it's not just women standing up for women; it's men standing up as well for something that's that's you know for the right thing. I think. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. I think actually it needs to be mostly men. Yeah. Like, if, let's be real, if men really truly listened to women, yeah, we wouldn't even be having this conversation.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, uh, I'm curious, like, you know, what is the greatest challenge that you think you have faced? I- I'm not talking about just about. You know, simply being a woman, but generally, what is the greatest challenge you have faced uh, in this industry so far?
2: Um, I mean, I think probably the greatest challenge would be when I decided to switch over to operating a business instead of working for other people. Yeah. Um, I was definitely initially not really prepared for just what it meant to operate a business
0: yeah
2: um I really didn't understand like what that meant it we never really learned about it at trade school yeah uh we learned about you know how to do material
0: yeah
2: takeoffs and calculations but we never really learned how to like run a profitable yeah. business and how to properly manage right documentation and employees and things like that and when i don't know i just have this idea that like yeah i have some tools and i have like a vehicle that can yeah. i can use for work purposes like that's yeah. all i need yeah and that was an insane underestimation of the complexities of <laughs> operating a business yeah. um and that is something that i still I'm learning about every day. Like it's, it's Dang. not that simple
1: <laughs> yeah right absolutely so I mean uh from that I I uh, this question that I have in my mind is like um what has the learning curve been like uh, I mean moving from working under someone to work uh, you know being the boss and uh, all the things that you mentioned right now it was it, it's it's not that simple so what has the learning curve been like for you
2: Oh, it's i mean it's ongoing. Uh <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely feel like I am doing much much better.
0: Yeah.
2: Um than when I initially started. Yeah. And when I initially started, I very much so would do basically any job that anyone offered me. Yeah. Uh which was definitely a mistake. Um and I remember learning Oh, a while ago now. Um, just about the process of kind of pre-qualifying your clients. Yeah. So like talking to your clients,
0: yeah,
2: asking them more direct questions about their project, like what is their budget, or what are some of their key goals and things yeah. like that that I really hadn't properly considered. Yeah. Um, and then also. I remember coming to the realization that I can say no to people that offer yeah. me a job. Like yeah. I can just tell them no that job's not a good fit for me. Yeah. And for like years that thought yeah. never even crossed my mind. Yeah. I was just like well if someone offers me a job like I got to at least look into it. Yeah. But the reality is is that no like no you don't and yeah. Yeah. to yeah. to do that is actually it was a huge waste of my time. Jay. Um, clients that I did have whose projects I was working on were suffering as a result of that because Jay. I'm not focused. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then another big turning point for me was coming to the realization that I find it easier and more enjoyable to work like for general contractors as a subcontractor, as opposed to working um, directly with homeowners. Right. Uh, It just, I really like like the physical work and like building the physical thing.
0: Yeah.
2: And so doing subcontract work allows me to focus much more on the work. Yeah. And focus less on, not that there isn't administ- administration work because there is a- still a lot of administration work
0: right, right.
2: but it's it's much less you know I don't have right. to talk to a designer an architect and an engineer and a homeowner yeah and you know find tiles
0: yeah
2: or whatever else <laughs> you know um yeah. so those were two pretty big things that I learned along the way.
1: (laughs) So, I I mean, uh, uh, at the beginning, you mentioned that when you uh, came into this industry, uh, the kind of um, misogyny you faced uh, initially was, you know, not being able to get a job as soon as possible, uh, as, uh, you know, as soon as your uh, male, uh, you know, uh, counterparts. In, In that sense, like after going out on your own after becoming the boss have you have you faced any a different sort of misogyny or you know generally what is the perception that you're the boss and you come
0: yeah
2: so I definitely thought that it would be a different experience like I actually initially and this sounds so stupid like the more I think about it but I initially was like well now I'm like the boss, so it's yeah. never gonna happen. Yeah. Like that's it. It's over. It's not <laughs> gonna happen anymore. Yeah. Um, but it still happens all the time. Um just, I yeah. don't know, derogatory things like the number of times I've been called sweetie or princess or honey oh. or whatever, like while at work yeah. working. Yeah. Um, oh, have you ever done this before? do you know do you know how to do this
0: yeah
2: um and it also that kind of thing also and I've spoken to other women who can relate to this yeah it makes you overly self-conscious about making mistakes because because then if I make a mistake yeah then it's like oh sweetie have you ever done this before Oh my god! (laughs) But if but if somebody else makes a mistake and they're a guy, then it's like, oh well, whatever. They made a mistake. They'll fix it, or we'll figure out how to fix it and move on, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Not to say that it happens every time, but it's happened enough times. Yeah. That it becomes this thing, kind of in the back of your mind, of like, okay, great. Now they're gonna think that I am unqualified or unfit to do this job.
0: Right
1: right i mean um i'm uh, what what really bugs uh, you know i i guess bugs women is that they'll have to overcompensate for you know in every way to just sort of get over this kind of misogyny, and it, it's it's sort of uh, they're not even yelling at you or screaming at you, but they're using these sweet words in such a derogatory manner. Yeah, we, uh, and yeah, right. So, I mean, um, what I want to know is uh, what what do you think about the larger issue? Like, how how should the construction industry as a whole approach? uh this this thing that's there, this big, huge monster that's there
2: i think i think this is the point that the industry just constantly seems to be missing, yeah to an insane degree, yeah, is that the the culture is inherently toxic mm-hmm. and not just for women like. Culture is inherently toxic right. for men and for women. Yeah. And for anyone that is part of like the 2S LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah. You know, like it is not a safe place for anyone yeah. that's different. Yeah. Um, and the the attrition rate in construction, like the number of people that do not stay in it long term, yeah, is massive um, you know, like there are most trades programs are waitlisted. Like there are a lot of young people that are interested in getting into the trades. Yeah. And then once they actually enter the workforce, yeah. They see the reality of it, which is that it is not a healthy work environment. Yeah. And, and then they don't stick with it. And I mean, men and women, um, like as an example, Yeah, I was hiring some people, and I spoke to this one uh, young man. Like I think he was maybe twenty years old, just just getting started. And he was looking for another job, and I saw on his resume that he currently had a job. Right. So I asked him about that job a little bit, and like, why do you want to leave that job? And you know the kind of questions you ask in an interview. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And he was telling me about how he had joined this um crew of guys that framed houses yeah like a subdivision style development housing right uh which would be through local 183 and these two guys had hired him and they were paying him cash under the table okay that's how they were paying him yeah and he thought to himself okay well this is just like a trial yeah. And they're just going to do this for the first like one to three months. And then when yeah. they decide to keep me, yeah. they'll, they'll put me on the books as an employee. I yeah. can join the union, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He worked there for almost a year. Yeah. They refused to put him on proper payroll. Okay. So he's not covered by WSIB yeah. or any type of insurance plan. Yeah, he in that case would have to do I suppose all of his own taxes although I guess if they're paying him cash he doesn't necessarily have to do that yeah and uh, they had no intention of ever hiring him as a proper employee and they were going to pay him by cash the whole time yeah which is still insanely prevalent in the industry right and that is not a good working environment yeah. for anyone
0: yeah yeah Yeah,
2: for for anyone for the for the developer yeah for these people that are hiring him
0: yeah for
2: this young man that's trying to get his start in the industry yeah so you know these types of things are exactly the reason why there aren't more just people in general yeah in the trade
1: right 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 uh so one thing is like you know you're talking about the attrition rates, and then there uh, there're they, always these conversations of how uh you know we need more people to join come into the industry, more young blood to uh, you know actually come and work here. there's a shortage of labor, and I think half uh, half of the labor crisis I believe would be solved if we could get more women interested here for so, sure. So, so uh, on that note, like you know, what what do you think? Like it, it's a major challenge to get women interested in this industry. One reason probably is that there's some sort of uh, you know idea that this is not for women or something like that. The other thing is they might not feel welcome here. So, what do you think? You know, how do how do we overcome that?
2: Um. Yeah, I think. I think one of the things that's a harmful stigma for the industry is that it's kind of almost considered like not a first option.
0: Yeah. It's
2: it's not considered like a first career choice. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I know when I went to high school, it was never really like discussed. Yeah. You know, like you'd have career days and it was never like about trades ever.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, so I think that is a part of it and there's all sorts of other stigmas that are kind of subcategories of that. Like, you know, if you're in the trades, you're not very smart or you're uneducated, or you're not going to make very much money or whatever. Yeah. All of which are not true at all. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other thing that I was going to say, I just forgot. Uh, but yeah I think I think the other thing is is that men in the industry really need to be the ones to create yeah. the change Jay. uh they're the majority in the industry Jay. and you and I and like 10 other women that I know that are in the trades can sit around and have conversations all day but yeah. the reality is is that like if if the men in the industry yeah don't first of all make a concerted effort
0: yeah
2: to show women that they're welcome
0: yeah
2: and that includes uh you know maybe host career days on your job site and have women come out uh if you do work with a woman and she says something to you about someone made her feel uncomfortable or something like that happened like support her in that
0: in coming
2: to you that's key for sure
0: right.
2: um put more women in leadership positions within the industry yeah uh like i i was actually thinking about this the other day i have never once been on a job site
0: yeah
2: where there has been a female site super okay oh my um
0: God. yeah
2: like never once, unless it's been like myself yeah. which doesn't count but yeah. I've never like worked with another female site super. Yeah. Um. You know, like the, the issue I really think is not, the, the issue is for sure the attrition rate. Yeah. Like to me, that's the, the bigger issue because I know that there are obviously the numbers in trade schools are still disproportionately men. Yeah. Um. Like I think in the program I went to, there was, including myself, like seven or eight women
0: okay, out
2: of 40-ish students, maybe 40 or 50, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but, you know, it's because there, I think the reason why there aren't more women going into trade schools is because there aren't more women in yeah. the trades yeah. that are being publicly, like, there's no exposure like you can't that whole you can't be what you can't see thing
0: yeah yeah
2: you know there's not there's not ads for dewalt tools that show a real woman working on a job site right
1: right right and and like this this messaging it's it, that you're talking about it's it's a kind of messaging that you know uh, this is a place where men generally work kind of like you're talking about the ads. Um, is, is there a way you know to change it? Maybe approach, uh, you know, the kids when they are in middle school or high school and when they are thinking about their careers. Uh, and we have women from the construction trades go in there and talk to these people so that they can actually see real life people, live role models out there.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, and I know that there are, there are some organizations that do that. Like there's one called, um, kick-ass careers with Jamie McMillan, who's a welder and i know that she has some other tradeswomen um that are part of that organization that do go around and talk right. to students about opportunities yeah uh but i also think that you know it can't just be in schools like it should be on tv cuz like right. tv is heavily influential, influential in in people's lives whether we like it or not so yeah. you know when is there going to be a a female homes on homes kind of thing or yeah. Brian Bomber or any of these other men,
0: yeah.
2: all of whom are also white.
0: Yeah.
2: Um which is a whole separate issue. But um yeah. it, it it's true if you if you Thanks. think of, you know, if I were to name right now five HGTV stars that I can think of off the top of my head, yeah. literally every one of them is a white man
1: right right so i mean uh, what i mean what do you think in that sense like uh, how, how do you change the uh, trend i mean i know that, that that is the trend that is there right now but is there a way to change the trend is there actually a solution to this problem i
2: i think that it just needs to be more more exposure like there should be more women teaching at trade schools right um there should be more women on on tv doing yeah. trades yeah uh you know obviously it's great to see women on a job site yeah and there'll be kids walking by and they'll see that women are working on the job side and that's a great thing yeah uh, but it it really should be in like it should even be why can't it be on children's TV? Like, why can't they have a, a female electrician yeah. come on Sesame Street and explain here's here's the basics of how electricity works? Yeah. Um, or something like that. Because you know, the trades are really they're just such in a lot of ways a great career option. Like it's highly technical. Yeah, there's potential to make a lot of money. Um, to be good at your trade and to really like, uh, work on high end projects and things like that. Like you have to be intelligent. You have to be good at problem solving, thinking on your feet.
0: Um,
2: and I think that those are all, you know, like women are great at critical thinking. You need to think critically so much in construction, yeah so I think we also should maybe just start to highlight like some of the aspects of it other than let's say the f- the physical demands, yeah, because obviously there are physical demands, yeah, but there are a bunch of other things that are really great about it that right. could be highlighted that would make it I think more attractive to a broader yeah. group of people for sure,
1: right. Um, I mean, I want to come back a little bit to the challenges that uh, women face day to day in the construction industry. What do you think are the major ones? Like, uh, it, it's, I, I'm guessing it's not just the derogatory comments or the perception. Um, I spoke to uh, a, a woman from this industry who told me that one issue is the construction job sites don't have washrooms for women. And that's a big issue or something like that. Like, what do you think, uh, what are the major challenges that you have come across?
2: Yeah, definitely. The washroom situation can be pretty bleak. Um, I don't understand why so many guys accept it. Right. Because everybody wants to have a washroom and everybody wants yeah. to have a clean washroom. Yeah. And everybody deserves that. Yeah. Um, So that is definitely a challenge. I've been on job sites where there is no washroom at all. Like you need to actually leave and drive to go to wherever Tim Hortons or McDonald's or whatever to use a washroom.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Washrooms where obviously it's just not uh, like serviced regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just something as simple as like making sure there's a garbage either in or close to the washroom. Right. would just having that shows like hey we're thinking about women
0: right. and that
2: they need this right. to use the washroom um but that's something that is rarely considered
0: yeah
2: um i mean there's so many other things like just finding it can be difficult for women to find proper workwear Right. I I know that when I first started, like when I was going to college, we had to buy steel toe boots. Yeah, and I literally could not find a pair of women's steel toe boots, and I had to buy men's boots.
0: Yeah,
2: and the smallest size I could get didn't even fit my feet, so I had to wear like double socks.
0: Yeah,
2: in my boots the whole time, which yeah. I mean probably wasn't safe. I don't know how yeah. how much of my foot was under the steel toe part of the steel toe.
0: Yeah.
2: Um that is getting better but right. the selection is still like nowhere close right and i mean it can be something as simple as trying to find a glove like a work glove yeah. that fits your hand properly
0: yeah
2: um you know it's difficult to find comfortable ppe
1: right
2: as a woman yeah um and then it makes you because it's so uncomfortable or it fits so poorly then yeah. it makes you not want to wear it, which yeah. is obviously also unsafe.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, So just kind of the basic things
0: yeah.
2: uh, that you need to work, like those can be challenging to find. Like it, it wasn't until the last maybe five years or so where yeah. I found brands were really starting to make more of an effort to right. um, like make tool pouches better that fit women better yeah and things like that like that is a much more recent occurrence
1: right right uh so i mean there there are these other uh i i should call it like the really bad parts of uh I mean, that have helped create this perception that the construction industry is not really good for women or place for women. One of these things is like uh, you you often hear of incidents like of catcalling at construction sites. And it's not just, you know, done to women who work there, but women who are passing by. So have you witnessed any such kinds of misogynistic behavior?
2: Yes, I absolutely have it's kind of one of those things where depending on the situation you either are in a position where you can say something about it or you're in a position where you don't feel like you can yeah because it might not be safe
0: right right
2: um I mean I think that I think the whole concept of catcalling stems from a deep-rooted sense of entitlement
0: yeah
2: um because why like I just don't understand why you would think it's okay to Make some sort of object, objectifying comment to some yeah. random person walking by on the street.
0: Right, right.
2: That has to come from a deep-rooted sense of entitlement to think that you should be able to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, one thing is, like, the, the one thing that actually can be done is, like... Uh, these people who do these, uh, you know, do these things like uh, do the catcalling. They they have bosses, probably they have th- their uh, the company owners who can actually do something about it. So, you know, what do you think? Like, what would you suggest that they do in such situations if they happen to come to know that you know their their employees have been doing this?
2: Um, I mean, I've. I personally think that those kinds of things should be a zero tolerance policy. Right. But the reality of the situation in my experience is that the zero tolerance, the zero tolerance is actually like there's zero tolerance for women talking about it or reporting it oh. Oh. like the zero tolerance is rarely, Oh, this guy said this thing. He's going to get, you know, suspended without pay
0: yeah. or
2: whatever, something like that. Like I have never once in my entire career witnessed a man get properly reprimanded for saying or doing something inappropriate.
1: And, and I feel that the, uh, there should be some sort of education on, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's something that's common sense, probably. But yeah. there should be some sort of education or awareness, you know, of how negatively this impacts the entire uh, industry in a way. So yeah. is there a way to actually reduce this, you know, this side of the industry, at least, you know, do away with this negative thing?
2: I mean, I think that's something that would need to be happening at the at the at the beginning, like in the training stage. Right. You know, a lot of other work environments incorporate
0: yeah.
2: uh, harassment training yeah. or sensitivity training and that right. kind of thing. So, uh, as a tradesperson, when you go to trade school, you like there are certain courses that you have to take for safety yeah. reasons. Yes. So why not also make it a mandatory uh diversity training or inclusion, whatever you want to call it? Yeah. But you know, it I think it really needs to start the sooner the better. Because if if it starts at the level of when these uh potential new tradespeople are entering the industry, yeah, then you know you would hope that they're much more likely to call it out if they see it at work. Yeah. And that they're also going to be much less tolerant of it in, in their working environment.
0: Right. Right.
2: So I definitely think that's something that should happen like during training.
1: Right. Right and and sometimes like you know uh, the precarious position that a woman who is in a leadership position someone like yourself let's say you uh, if you have a team uh, working under you and they do something like that so uh, and you're a woman so you, you you can actually of course you have the no tolerance policy but then uh, there's a bigger whole larger issue uh, uh, here where you can see that this person does good work does probably excellent work but then something has to be done so you know how, how do how could women find this you know proper balance of being in this position of power they can do something about it and at the same time not probably try not to lose valuable workers I don't know
2: yeah um I mean, I really think that that's something that ideally would be taken care of during the hiring process. Right. Um, I definitely think that that would be critical um, because I don't even, as a boss, as a a woman who's a boss, I don't really want to be in a position where I would have to even reprimand something for someone like that because ideally I wouldn't have hired that person yeah to begin with
0: yeah
2: um so I definitely think that ideally that's something you can catch in the hiring process and yeah. I know that like one of the things that I do
0: yeah
2: whenever I post an ad for a job yeah is I usually say that it's like a female-owned company like a women-led company yeah and I also uh try to include that it's uh 2S LGBTQIA plus safe working environment yeah and I find that, you know, a misogynist man is likely not to even apply to uh-huh. the job. Yeah. Um, just because of how the the ad is posted. Yeah. And then the interview process also has a few sort of stages. Yeah. So I really think that it's about just asking the proper questions and taking the proper right. steps to hopefully not even hire that person
1: right absolutely
2: um and I mean even if they did do good work like if you do good work but you're like a misogynist or or anything else is like racist (laughs) or whatever yes then no matter how good your work is I don't want to work with you
1: right right (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, like over the fifteen years, have have you seen, uh, you know, this this thing change? Not just I'm not just talking about this, uh, the cat calling, or uh, I mean, generally, general misogynistic behavior over these fifteen years. Have you seen uh, the industry moving towards at least a better future?
2: Um. <sighs> Sometimes I think yes, and sometimes (laughs) I I think no. Yeah. Um, I think overall, yes. Um, although it's it's kind of hard to say for sure. Uh, I definitely see a lot of support through social media, et cetera, for women in the trades. Right. And. Women led companies and organizations. Right. But, you know, within the last year, I have still been in situations where I've been on a job site. Yeah. And I've called out something that someone has said to me as being sexist. Yeah. And the supervisor on the site has literally done nothing and taken the side of, you know, the guys on site.
0: Yeah.
2: So, you know, you can support women all you want on yeah. Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. But when it comes down to the actual situation, yeah, if you're not gonna support the women, yeah, then are you helping to create a change? No, you're not. Okay. Like you're just okay. continuing to perpetuate the problem,
0: yeah.
2: Um, yeah. and I mean, I know it's difficult, yeah, uh, and it takes a lot of self-awareness J. because I think the other thing is is a lot of these guys are just so conditioned to always being around men J. that they say or do something not that it is an excuse in any way because it is not yeah. Yeah. but they do not even realize
0: yeah
2: how harmful what they just said or did actually was
0: right
2: and it's unfortunate that it is always women yeah who are the ones that need to call it out because the reality is is that like men need to be the ones calling it out yeah like they're the ones that need to be holding e- each other accountable in these yeah. situations
0: yeah
1: yeah absolutely so uh i mean I, to leave uh, this conversation sort of on a positive note like uh, for and to try to move towards, uh, let's hope, towards a better future for the construction industry as a whole and for women to work in it. What, what, what would you suggest, like, you know, as an industry, what would you suggest or what advice would you give to the men out there and even the women out there, you know, what should they do? What kind of stand they should take?
2: Um, well, for, for any woman that is starting in the industry.
0: Yeah.
2: I would say two things. Number one, if somebody is discriminating against you because of your gender, it is their problem, not yours.
1: Right.
2: Try to remember that. It's not always easy. Right. Um, but try to remember that as best you can. Number two try to call things out as early and as often as possible. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: Because especially earlier on in your career, it's very easy to be more unsure of yourself, Um, but just call things out as early and as often as you can. And the more you do it, the less you will find those situations occur. I
0: found
2: the more, confident i got in my skill set etc and the more i did call those things out the less frequently they happened
0: yeah
2: um yeah. for men in the industry i i don't know read read <laughs> some books about feminism read a tony morrison book talk yeah. to your wife ask your wife some questions yeah. or your significant other or any women in your life yeah ask them questions about their experiences Yeah and just listen to them and don't talk just sit there and listen and hear what their experiences are because I guarantee you yeah you have a woman in your life yeah she has experienced these things right so genuinely ask them about it
0: yeah
2: and genuinely listen right Uh, because that's how you learn
1: Absolutely. And Natasha, that was like, that was such a perfect answer in the sense that, yeah, go to the source, uh, they they will tell you the uh, tell you about what they are going through on a daily basis. Uh, And it's it's so true, like every woman has faced some other other I mean, some sort of misogyny somewhere or the other in their lives. So they they are in a better position to explain it to their uh, significant others or to their male family members in that sense. But yeah, so Natasha, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And thank you so much for um, joining us at The Hammer.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at
0: canadiancontractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor magazine.